Heirs of King Jesus, united for the kingdom, empowered to live in victory, called to live righteously, clothed in the finest armor, more radiant than jewels, we are royals. Well, good morning, everyone. If you are new here, or maybe we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, I'm Erica Newt. I'm the worship director here at Gateway. And today, I have the pleasure of sharing the message. So yesterday, I was talking to my son, and I told him, you know, I'm actually a little bit nervous about speaking tomorrow. And he said, why, Mom? You say a lot of confusing things all the time. So I really hope that today what I say is not confusing. (laughs) The goal today is that you actually leave, not confused, but you leave equipped and empowered. And just like what Darian was saying and Joy was saying earlier, I truly believe that God is wanting to empower you today. He's wanting to empower all of us today to be able to walk out of things that were not helpful to us and walk into a life that God has called us to. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before I get into it, I have a confession to make. You see, I have an obsession with sequin clothing. And I know you're thinking, wow, what an awful and terribly disgusting thing to share on the platform. But Like, trust me, there's a reason for this. You see, this is my wardrobe. And I have a very nice husband who allowed me to have a whole wardrobe for my sequin addiction. Yeah, it feels really good to just get that out in the open. You know, you bring your sins to the light and they no longer have power. (sighs) Okay, this isn't a sin. (laughs) But... The reason why I'm talking about this sequin clothes is because this, these are outfits that I actually wear as a performer. So for about 15 years, I've been a singing, uh, a vocalist, gigging vocalist, performing and entertaining lots of audiences. And so I've accumulated a lot of costumes. So these are really costumes. I don't sit around and drink coffee wearing sequin clothes in my living room. I mean, that's a Wednesday thing, but not an everyday thing. So. What I want to talk to you about is costumes. What I want to talk to you about is wardrobe. We're going to talk about fashion today. But we're going to talk about a different kind of fashion. I'm not going to be strutting or doing any weird modeling for you today because it's not going to be very good. (laughs) But we're going to talk about changing what we wear. We're going to be talking about transforming out of our old I'm not going to be talking. Okay, there we are. (laughs) I am going to be talking. Just let me know if I need to switch mics or anything like that, if we have any issues. We're going to be talking about transforming our wardrobe, transforming what we wear. And by what we wear, I mean transforming out of our old nature and transforming into our new nature and going through that process. See, one of my favorite things to do as a performer is to do a costume change. And my favorite are quick changes. 
Do you guys know what a quick change is? It's like one of those fancy changes where they might be on stage and wearing one outfit, and then like instantly they're in a different costume. Or you have a quick change. Thanks, Joy. She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, when you go off stage and you have about like 10 seconds to a minute to change out of your costume and come back on. And what I love about that is you are on stage with one costume behaving and performing and, and have a different persona. And then you come back off stage, you change, and you come on stage again and you have a different character, a different nature, a different persona. And one of my favorite costume changes that I got to do in a musical many years ago was I was a Neanderthal, legit. I was a Neanderthal cave woman in one scene, which I will not reenact for you today. You're welcome. And then I would do this 30 second costume change. I came back on stage and I was in a gown dressed as a jazz lounge singer. So I got to go from these very polar opposite types of characters in a matter of seconds, which is super fun. But the reason why I'm talking about that is that we are gonna be doing a costume change today. We are gonna be talking about a different kind of costume change. We're talking about a life change. We're talking about a mindset change. We're talking about knowing that we are no longer wearing rags. We are no longer our old nature, but we are now our new nature. Can you pop up that first verse? So this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. We are part of the new life now, no longer the old life. So we are called to walk and talk and behave differently. This costume is not a persona. This costume isn't fake. It's not a falsehood. We're not playing a part, but we are becoming like Jesus. In this outfit that we're going to wear, which is our royal robes, in this outfit, we will be imitating God. Let's switch to the, thank you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. This is the nature this is the character, this is the person that we are putting on. We are removing our old nature and we're putting on our new nature. We are going from rags to ropes. I believe God is calling us to put on our robes. And he's not only calling us, but he is equipping us. He is empowering us. And so I pray that today you'll be able to walk out of here knowing some steps you can take to put on your robes and throw off your rags. Let's pray. God, we just invite you to speak to us this morning. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me, that you would breathe through me, that every word that comes out of my mouth glorifies you and leads us all closer to you. God, we pray that you would empower us this morning to live out the life that you've called us to. We pray, Lord, that you would show us how much you value us, how much you love us this morning. And we just thank you for everything you've done. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We're going through the book of Ephesians. This series is called Royals. And so that's why I'm talking about our royal robes. Our outfit looks different because we are part of a different kingdom. Paul wrote Ephesians, theologians believe, to be a political book, to be a book that establishes the church, that establishes us as a body and our identity in the church. It's to build the foundation of what kingdom life is like, what kingdom culture is like. And so all throughout Ephesians, you see that we are talking about being royals. We are talking about being sons and daughters of the Most High King and what that looks like. But it's important to know that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven looks really different than any earthly kingdom talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, we're talking about an eternal kingdom. We're talking about a kingdom that washes our neighbor's feet. We're talking about a kingdom of turning the other cheek. We're talking about a kingdom that is gracious to forgive others and not hold on to an offense. This is the type of kingdom that we are royals in. I know some of us might be having thoughts that about being royal that sort of feels like, how can I say I'm royal? You know, that doesn't seem like a Christian thing to do. But what I want to remind us is that the kingdom is different. The royalship is different. I don't know if that's a word, royalship. But our royalty looks different because we are part of a self-sacrificial type of kingdom. We're not promoting ourselves we're not, we're not gaining power for the sake of being powerful. We have authority in Christ, but it's really not about us. It's always about glorifying Jesus. And so in everything we do, it's about glorifying Jesus. And so it's about becoming part of the kingdom culture. And this is what Paul is talking about in Ephesians 4. So Ephesians 4, 17, he says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly, pardon me, eagerly practice every kind of impurity. He says, live no longer as the Gentiles do. And the Gentiles at that time, everything was acceptable. Culture was do whatever you want, really. Worship whoever you want. Fulfill all of your desires however way you would like to. This is, this is what the people at that time were a part of. And so Paul is saying, hey, I know that that is what culture does. I know that's what you're used to. I know that's what's acceptable where you're from or what, what part of your life that you've experienced is that was acceptable. But I'm saying that's, it's no longer acceptable. It's no longer a part of your life. And so he's calling us to no longer live like the world does, no longer live like culture, but to live like Christ. No longer accept all of these things as normal and begin to see how they are truly rags, how it's truly not the life that he's called us to live. 
And so, to give you an idea of what I mean by rags, when we are wearing rags, it's a mindset, it's a belief system, it's an attitude. And this attitude and belief is all coming from a sense of lack. It's that we believe that we lack something or we deserve something. And that's what living a life wearing rags looks like. When we feel like we lack something, we feel like we are in need of something, we will go and search for it. And this is when we begin to wander. It says they, their minds are full of darkness and they wander far from the life God gives. The wandering is the pursuit of fulfilling that lack from culture and fulfilling that lack from each other, fulfilling that lack from the world around us. And so if you're feeling like you're unloved, you're gonna search for love in all the wrong places. If you're feeling like you lack wisdom, you might try to fill yourself with worldly knowledge. If you're feeling like you lack some attention, you're gonna seek attention. And so when we wear rags, we are operating out of a sense of lack. And so all of our behaviors will come out of that belief. And that belief also is what we believe about God. If we believe that we lack something, we believe God doesn't give us good gifts. If we believe we lack something, we believe that God doesn't provide. And so we're gonna go through a process today of renewing our minds. And we're gonna get into that in a minute. But when we wander, our minds are closed and our hearts are hardened. And there's this whole process. We begin to fill our needs and fill that lack in other places. And because of that, we begin to create a cycle of that, but we also come into agreement with it. It changes our mindset. So we come into agreement with, this has fulfilled this need, therefore it is good. Therefore it is good for me. Therefore I can be in control of this situation. We can come up, to, come up with a bunch of conclusions and most of those conclusions will harden our hearts towards God. Most of those conclusions will lead us away from him instead of towards him because we'll come into agreement with that lie. Do you, you hearing me? <laughs> you understand what I mean? Awesome. <laughs> so when we're saying that we, are, we have lack or when we think that we are lacking something, we search for it, so that's the wandering, and then our minds close and our hearts harden because we begin to disagree with the truth and come into agreement with the lie. And some of that is a lie that's personal. I wanna give you an example about coming into agreement with a lie. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm an anxious person? I'm an anxious person. That's coming into agreement with a lie. That's believing that, that you are now this person. Instead of thinking, I have anxiety, or I've experienced some anxious thoughts. Then we go down that road. I've experienced those anxious thoughts, therefore, I am really anxious, therefore, I'm an anxious person. And so when we identify with our rags, that's where we don't have any power. That's where 
we don't have an opportunity to walk in faith and walk in power because we've come into agreement with that identity. But, next verse, but, hold on to your butts. That's what Joy said a couple of weeks ago, so. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. So what do we know about Christ? He is the way and the truth and the life. What do we know about Christ? We know that he loves us. We know that he is not a God of lack, but he is a God of abundance. We know that God gives his people good gifts. We know that God loves us and he will fill us. We know that God empowers us with his spirit. So we are not lacking anything. That's the truth. When we believe in Jesus, when we declare that he is king of our lives, when we surrender our life to him, when we become believers, when we become Christians, we have come into agreement with Jesus. And we no longer lack anything because we have everything. We have Jesus. And so the important thing to know is that we actually have to continue to tell ourselves this because we forget. We continue to put our rags back on. So, but that isn't what you learned about Jesus or Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Our new nature looks like abundance. Our old nature looks like lack. And so we have to go through this process of renewing our minds. And this process looks like a throwing off of our old self and a putting on of our new self. And first we have to recognize what is our old self? What are the rags in our lives? When we're wearing rags, what am I believing? What am I thinking? What am I saying or doing? All of our actions and attitudes will come out of what we believe about ourselves and what we believe about God and what we believe about others. So what am I believing? We have to throw that off. So going back to the example of anxiety, I'm not saying we, 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 we disbelieve or we're delusional about what we're experiencing, but what I'm saying is we don't come into agreement with it. So we throw that off. We say, no, I'm not an anxious person. And then we put on the truth that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that God has a plan and purpose for my life, that God has not put a spirit of fear in me, but a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ, and we renew our thoughts with the word of God. But it is a process. And I think some of us might be wearing our rags right now in some areas in our lives. And we're trying to walk like Christ still wearing our rags. We're not finding victory in areas in our life. We're not finding victory from habits, from sin habits and patterns, from bad behaviors, 
from gossip or or whining or any of these things. We're, we're struggling to, to come out of agreement with that. And we're trying to operate in authority, but we can't have authority because we still have our rags on. And so we need to go through a process of throwing off our rags, throwing off all of those thoughts, breaking off agreement with all of those thoughts, and coming into agreement with what God is calling us to, who he says we are. Renewing our mind with the word, with the Bible, renewing our mind through worship, allowing him to speak to us, sing to him in our relationship, in our prayer life with him, allow him to renew our thoughts and our attitudes. But sometimes when we're just throwing off, we're trying to get rid of a bad habit, we're trying to get rid of uh, negative thinking. We're trying to get rid of different thoughts or patterns in our life. So we've thrown off our old nature. We've thrown off our rags. But now we leave ourselves vulnerable because we're naked. We need the next step. We can't stay just throwing off bad habits. We have to put on our royal robes. We have to do that. And I think we as believers focus so much on the not to do's, right? Like, especially if you grow up in the church, you might think, okay, I can't do this. I need to make sure I behave, <laughs> you know, depending on how legalistic your church was when you grew up. But you might have these thoughts like, oh, I need to stop doing this. I need to fix this. Even when we're talking about our physical health, I need to work out more. I need to go for a run. I need to stop doing that. I need to stop eating those Cheetos. For me, it's nachos. I have an addiction to nachos as well. Apparently, this is confession time. <laughs> but I also love my nachos. So I have to say, well, am I going to just keep not eating nachos? Or am I going to decide to eat, I don't know, broccoli? <laughs> that sounds a lot less exciting. But what God has for us is a lot more exciting than broccoli. <laughs> But we have to remember that it's not just getting rid of, and we are to get rid of. Yes, we do have to throw it off. We do have to get rid of it. These are all action steps. But we also have the action step of putting on. We need to empower ourselves with the word of God. We need to remind ourselves of who God is. We need to remind ourselves of his faithfulness. If we don't remind ourselves of his faithfulness, we leave ourselves naked. And that's what I want to remind us of, of how important that process is, telling us the truth. We have to keep telling ourselves the truth, the truth of who he is and the truth of who he says we are. And we talk about letting, our, letting the spirit renew our thoughts and our attitudes. I feel like... Some of us believe we are hopeless and helpless to our thought patterns. We are hopeless and helpless to our bad habits. We are hopeless and helpless to our addictions. We're hopeless and helpless to our behaviors. And some of them are as simple as complaining. Oh, well, I just, that's just a part of me. That's just what I do. <laughs> Some of it is, is deeper than that, is, is more difficult than that. 
some of the habits are really, really ingrained. But we're not hopeless. We're not helpless because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit residing in us. He is continually speaking to us. He's continually pouring his truth into us. And so I just want to encourage you with that, that God is not leaving you in your rags. He has no intention of leaving you in your rags. Otherwise, the word of God wouldn't say to do this, to put on your new nature. He is empowering us. He has equipped us. We are not hopeless. We are not helpless to our addictions. But there are action steps that we take. And it's this renewing, this renewing process. And this renewing process is really a, a process of repentance. It's a process of, if we're walking this way and we're walking towards our rags and our old self, it's a process. Repentance is literally to turn away from. So we are turning away from that and we are walking toward Christ. And that's the reminder that we need to walk towards him. And when we are repentant, we are saying, God, forgive me for that. We need to recognize that those behaviors and those things are not for us as believers. And we need to bring them to God and say, God, forgive me for this. God, God forgive me and, and empower me to to walk towards you and to walk, walk in faith. And some of us might be wearing our robes, but we still have some rags under. Some of us might be trying to put our robes on, trying to have these thoughts. And so we're, we're going to the word of God and we're renewing our thoughts with his word and his truth and we're repeating ourselves you know, God loves me, or we're repeating, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We're meditating on his scripture, but we haven't attached faith to it. We're actually not believing it. And so there's this thing that neuroscientists call cognitive dissonance, which is when you are saying something and you don't believe it, your brain knows you don't believe it. So the whole fake it till you make it thing is not really true because your brain knows, your spirit knows, your soul knows that you don't believe what you're saying. So you need to attach faith to those statements and say, I believe God that you have created me with a plan and a purpose. I believe God that you love me. And so we need to attach faith and belief to this. That's where the power is. That's where the power is in meditation in meditating on his word is attaching the belief that these are true. That is how we actually come into agreement with it. Otherwise, they're just words. We have to come into agreement with it by believing it to be true. Paul talks about a few different areas specifically that look like rags and a few different areas in our lives and attitudes and behaviors that look like robes. I'm going to read through them for you. This is a pretty big section, so just stay with me. Uh, verse 25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. 
Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And I had found out that the forgiving one another here in Greek actually includes forgiving yourself. The Greek word actually includes forgiving yourself. So we're forgiving ourselves and forgiving one another. Sometimes we, when we are looking at verses like this, we think of other people. <laughs> we're like, oh, that person needs to stop doing that. And so I just want to encourage you today as we're going through these things to think about what areas in your life God is speaking to and calling you out of and calling you into. Because these are for you, not for your neighbor. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and give generously to others in need. All of these verses are pointing out either people who are wearing rags, they're operating out of lack, or people who are wearing robes, they're operating out of abundance. These are the two separate mindsets. And when we operate out of lack, we decide, well, that's when we, when, when we steal. That's when we lie. Those are behaviors that come out of those beliefs. But when we operate in abundance, we know God forgave me. I can forgive others too. When we operate in the abundance of Christ, we know I can speak kind words to others because God speaks those to me. It's always out of this abundant overflow that God provides in us as God speaks to us. Let's go to the, the chart. <laughs> All right. So I put them in different categories so you can see pretty easily. There's this this really famous or popular verse here in Ephesians, and it's also from Psalms, is the do not let the sun go down on your anger. And a lot of people think that is a literal thing. I, can, I have to resolve this before I go to bed tonight. But it's more about not letting an offense, not letting hurt, not letting a sin get planted in your heart. We need to make sure that anytime someone hurts us, there's a throwing off and putting on process constantly. This is not just a, once I became a Christian, now I'm wearing my robes. There's this process of throwing off and putting on and throwing off and putting on. And so when somebody says something to you that's hurtful, you have to throw it off and put on the truth. This is who I am in Christ. We have to 
process what that hurt was. Don't allow it to be planted. Don't water it by continually thinking of all the ways and, and things that you're going to do to that person <laughs> or all the conversations you're going to have with them or wish you had with that person. That's all ways in which we're watering that seed. And we don't want to do that. We want to be quick to forgive. These are all things, I don't know, I don't know if you would agree, but those are all pretty good things. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't know if I want to be like that. I do want to be like that. That's how I want to live this life. I want to be forgiving. I want to, to live wearing his, his royal robes. I do want to live that way. And so just a reminding of, our, of reminding ourselves to go through that process and not allow those hurts to take root, not allow those hurts to go in soil and to be watered. We want to be able to speak the truth. We want to not let the devil have a foothold. We want to be quick to forgive, good and helpful and encouraging. When we talk about having foul or abusive language here, we're talking about being, having words that aren't helpful to others. And so that can look like complaining. That can look like uh, gossip. I think sometimes we forget how, how bad those things can be. <laughs> but we want our language to always be helpful. We want our language to always be encouraging. We want to be equipping people. We want to be empowering people. And there's this um, phrase that I love is to, to seek the gold in people. And so instead of thinking, oh, that thing really frustrates me about that person. Think, okay, God, what gold does this person have on them? And can I call it out? Instead of having foul or abusive thoughts, because it starts in our mind. So instead of having foul or abusive thoughts towards people, bless them. Lord, I bless that person. Lord, would you bless that person? We want to be having these processes with everything that we do. We want to be like Christ. We want to imitate Christ. We want to know how to operate in the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven looks very beautiful. If I'm looking at this and thinking, if we all were doing this, wow, that would be amazing. If I was, if I was always quick to forgive people, wow, what peace would I have in my heart? And so today, we're gonna spend some time in prayer. I'm gonna give you a, some time Okay, I want to give you some time to hear from the Lord. I want you to ask your Heavenly Father, in what ways have I been wearing rags? In what ways in my life, Lord, have I been thinking that you're not enough? 
in what areas in my life have I been believing that I deserve more than what you give me? And what areas of my life have I been behaving like my old self? What areas of my life have I been acting selfishly? These are all ways in which we are wearing rags. Those are just some examples. And then I want you to ask the Lord, in what areas of my life can I put on my royal robes? In what areas of my life are you trying to renew my thoughts? What areas in truth, Lord, what truth are you trying to speak to me about myself? What truth are you trying to tell me about you that I'm not believing right now? So let's ask the Lord this. I invite you to close your eyes. Lord Jesus, would you bring a spirit of revelation into this place? Reveal to us what areas have we been wearing rags and what areas have we been wearing or need to wear our robes. would you show me what process you'd like me to go through to throw off and to put on? Lord, are there specific action steps you would like me to take? a little bit of what Darian was saying earlier. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to me that there are people here that believe that they are hopeless and helpless to the sin pattern that they are caught in. They're not sure that there's a way out. They're not sure that maybe someone believes that they have to do it on their own. Or they believe that God is not interested in helping them conquer this. And I wanna tell you, he is interested and he is able. He is able 
but I also believe he wants to tell you that you are able. You are more than able because you have his spirit within you. I believe he wants to remind, remind us that he purchased us with his own blood. So we are valuable to him. He doesn't purchase garbage. He doesn't purchase something that has no worth or no purpose. He purchased you because you are precious to him. And he wants to give you a spirit of power and a spirit of a sound mind today in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that you died for us. We thank you that we died with you and we get to resurrect with you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we are a new creation. We thank you, Jesus, that you love us so deeply and that you've called us to a purpose and you've empowered us by your spirit. We thank you, Lord. So Lord, would you empower your people this morning? Empower them with your, your spirit, Lord. Empower them with courage this morning. Empower them with tools and action steps that they can take to walk out of one way of life and to walk into this new way of life. And Lord, we pray that all chains that are keeping them entangled in their old nature would be broken off in the name of Jesus Christ. Every chain that is keeping them identified and connected with their rags, Lord, we break it off in the name of Jesus. And we say, come in with your royal robes, Heavenly Father. Come in and anoint your people. Anoint your people. And bless your people today. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray this all in your amazing, loving, and powerful name. Jesus. Amen. Wow, that was a good word. Come on.